podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. They, they have smiles on their faces. The will to survive. More importantly, the will to oh. win. There's Sue. Sue's got the van. <laughs> She's hugging her bloody son. And Orange Cassidy's shotgun. So take care of them, Sue. You got some retribution for these brave young men. Uh, brave is right, JR. Good call. Sue taking the gang, taking best friends, and Orange Cassidy off into the distance. And. <laughs> Well, what a way to end the night, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you back here next week on Dynamite. Good night, everybody. It's a brand new episode of the Elitist Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It is Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we have returned after a long, somewhat planned, some planned, some unplanned vacation time. <laughs> uh, and we missed a few things, sir. Just uh, a couple. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the huge, the, the huge things are Cody got squashed by... Um, Gotta keep wanting to call him Luke Harper. Uh Brody Mr. Lee. Brody. Mr. Mr. Brody. Get Mr. it right. That's right. Oh, he'll he'll be fucking pissed. He'll use some of that <laughs> Chili's money to go after me. He um, will. Uh, he uh, squashed Cody to win the TNT championship uh in record fashion, and Cody has disappeared from AEW TV entirely, with the exception of appearing to plug his game show, uh, which sort of diminished a little bit from the whole angle that they're doing, but uh, never mind that, whatever. Uh, the <laughs> AEW had a whole ass pay-per-view uh, that, by the way, I have not even seen. Uh, what? I have not seen All Out yet, so I just know what happened. Uh, the I think the biggest story from there is that FTR won the Tag Team Championships, and uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page are no longer a team, and... Uh, also, John Moxley retained over MJF by cheating, 
by using the <laughs> paradigm shift when the referee's back was turned, uh, which is genius, by the way, because Mox retains, MJF gets his loss, but he also gets a big complaining point, which also makes him a hypocrite because he too cheats. Um, All the time. Uh, they brought in Thunder Rosa from the NWA to challenge Shikaru Shida for the Women's Championship. Shida retained, uh, but Thunder Rosa appears to be sticking around. And mm-hmm. uh, on, other than that, it looks like uh, oh, Lance Archer won the Casino Battle Royale. He's going to be uh, challenging John Moxley for the AEW Championship on the anniversary episode of Dynamite, which is in October. Matt Seidel debuted for the company uh, in a from what I gather, a rather unceremonious beginning to his AEW career by botching a shooting star. Can uh, I tell you, we were watching that with friends, mm-hmm. and Seidel comes out, and I have a friend who's not familiar with who he is. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's incredible. Just oh, wait. No. And when he, oh, I felt like I did it. Like, it was my fault. I screwed him <laughs> over by hyping him up too much. Dude, wait till and, you see his shooting star press. It's so good. And then he's so crispy, never misses. He slips right away. Oh. First thing he does. Well, second thing, he, he does like a knee strike, but like the second thing he does. Um, but yeah, uh, outside of that, uh, the Young Bucks appear to be turning heel. Last yes. week on Dynamite, uh, they Alex Marvez tried to get an interview with them and they opened their locker room door and just super kicked Alex Marvez and they were fined only $5,000 each for super kicking Alex Marvez. I guess that's what Alex Marvez's pain is worth. Uh, $5,000 each. Uh, but I think that essentially catches us up to where we are in Dynamite. Episode 50 of AEW Dynamite. So uh, a milestone halfway to a hundo. And uh, we are kicking off. Well, we were supposed to kick off with Jurassic Express against FTR. But before the match can begin, the Young Bucks come out and super kick referee Mike Posey. And then they walk back and they're like, uh, they approach Tony Khan, who is not dressed like how Vince McMahon dresses in gorilla position. Tony Khan <laughs> is in a t-shirt and shorts. And they're like, hey, Tony, you want some more money? And they just chuck bricks of money at Tony Khan and walk off. Um, Beautiful. And then FTR mock the Young Bucks as they walk past. And then we get... Jurassic Express against FTR. So this was a pretty standard tag team match, but well performed. Uh, you got your standard baby faces shine. Then you get uh, they get cut off, and FTR gets the heat. Then you get your hot tag to Luchasaurus. Then you get your double down. Uh, the story of this match was that of Jurassic Express beat FTR. They'd get a shot at the tag team titles. So one thing they kept doing, especially near the end, was Jungle Boy constantly getting these roll-ups, these cradles, uh, these pinning predicaments, uh, especially on uh, Dax uh, Hardwood. hardwood. Uh, and a bunch of two counts, but it never really manifested. And... Uh, in the end, one of these pinning attempts backfire as Tully Blanchard cheats uh, to help FTR get the pin on Jungle Boy and no title shot for Jurassic Express. What did you think of the opener? It was a pretty awesome opener. Um, I mean, FTR, I feel like, has really been going above and beyond lately. Like, for whatever reason, when they first got here, I wasn't as impressed as I was with their NXT stuff, but I feel like they've really ramped it up the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just become one of my favorite teams and they're one of the best parts of the show. Um, 
I think they had, I, I forget who they wrestled the week before, but I really was impressed by their tag match last uh, week. Private Party, I think. Yes, that was really good match. This one was good too, um, just not as good. I gave it three and a half stars, but it was a hot start to what I think was a really great night of uh, dynamite tonight. Uh, I went a little lower. I think maybe it was a little too on average for me, but I went three. Uh, okay. I liked the match. It was good, uh, but it didn't light my world on fire. But that doesn't matter. You gave it three and a half, and Grapple gave it 3.55. Hey. So, uh, to them, yes. Oh, by the way, we didn't even mention this, so we couldn't have. Uh, but we didn't mention it off the top. But AEW did 1 million viewers last week. That's awesome. Uh, for the first time since the second week of the show, uh, they did a million viewers. Uh, they're back down to the high 800,000s, I think, for this episode. Um, but they're back doing competition with NXT. NXT was hit really hard. I think only did about 639,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we talked about this on the NXT podcast with Jacqueline, but uh, they should keep these shows separated on different nights because uh, when NXT was running on Tuesdays, they were doing in the high 800,000s, and uh, AEW did uh, 900,000 and a million, respectively. So both shows do better when they are not facing each other mm-hmm. um matt hardy is laid out backstage probably by jericho and jake hager they're wrestling private party tonight jericho and jake hager have announced their intentions to move up the rankings and challenge for the tag titles so <clears throat> speaking of tag teams uh frankie kazarian versus hangman adam page with kenny omega on commentary and Excalibur notes that this match was originally offered as Kenny and Hangman against SCU but it was turned down Kenny says that he is still focusing just on singles Uh, and kind of the story throughout this match with Kenny on commentary is that he's sort of like backhanded complimenting Adam Page Um, like oh I'm surprised he's doing so good here and things along those lines um so subtle, subtle heel hints from Kenny Omega. It's a fairly even match for the most part, especially early on. But eventually Frankie Kazarian takes uh, command during a commercial break. Uh, Hangman makes a comeback, but gets hit with a slingshot DDT from Kaz for a two. He also hits him with an unprettier, gets a two with that. And uh, Hangman hits, I don't know what to call it. Like This is the Buddy Murphy finisher. Um, he hits it on Kazarian. He called it Murphy's Law, but I don't know what it's called here. Like It's like a pump handle, not like a DVD, but like a pump handle angle slam or something. Uh, That's what they called it on commentary was the Death Valley Driver, but, but yeah. Yeah, he gets a two from that, does Hangman Page. Slingshot Cutter from Kaz gets a two count. Um, they eventually get on under the apron, and Page gets Frankie back into the ring and is constantly attempting the buckshot, but Kaz keeps closing the distance and hangman keeps trying to to create the distance and eventually he does and hits the buckshot and gets the win this match was way better than i thought it was going to be i really enjoyed this one too what did you think i will agree with you i thought this was kind of just going to be a throwaway match just like i saw that and i was like oh that's cool Mm -hmm. but 
between Kenny on commentary furthering his and Hangman's like split storyline and then just the amazing chemistry between Kaz and Hangman mm-hmm. it was uh, incredible I, I loved uh, Kenny getting annoyed when it was brought up that they're the number one ranked tag team and he's just like yeah but I want to be a singles wrestler just yeah. stop bringing up the tag team stuff come on yeah come on uh, they even put it in Hangman's tagline this week is lower third that uh, they uh, Hangman no longer in the tag, tag team. team. Yes, <laughs> they are separated. Um, I, I love the un- the end of the match where it looked like both of them were so aware of each other's offense that it was just like Counter City mm-hmm. until he was able to hit that buckshot lariat. Just a kick-ass match. I w- I will say the best wrestling match of the show in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Because uh, the other match that I have ranked a little bit higher this week, I, I don't know. And it's wrestling, but it's not quite. Um, but I put this at four stars. I thought Ooh. it was incredible. And I think – I'm also going to put this in here. I think the crowd being there and adding that extra noise just gave it, it a little extra oomph for me. It yeah. helps so much. That's another I, I thing. That's another thing they started doing is bringing, allowing limited ticket sales uh for the show so i think they're doing like whatever it is 20 percent capacity or something like that uh yeah i think uh and the sound yeah and i think they're getting like maybe 500 fans or something like that all together uh and that really makes the difference uh i thought this match was great i gave it three and a half stars i was not expecting the hangman kazarian match uh, to do that grapple 3.7 mm. mm-hmm. hell yeah me and grapple are in the same same area there uh, so MJF <laughs> comes out Nick and I'm watching this after the fact so I was, I'm skipping ahead and I thought MJF just cut a promo but according to grapple he had a match with Sean Dean <laughs> yes. that I must have missed in the like I was only skipping incrementally how long was this match was it just like two a couple moves and then that was it Blink and you missed it. It wasn't even a move. He, like, I think it was what? He got him in the salt of the earth or something, and that was it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it literally lasted, like, less than, like, 10 seconds or something. It's, a, it, it's not even worth rating. 0.78 on Grapple, uh, yeah. for the record. But after the match, MJF is mad, still mad about losing it all out because he got cheated and says, look, as far as he's concerned, because John Moxley broke the rules, he's undefeated. He's the undisputed and uncrowned <laughs> AEW champion of all elite wrestling. <laughs> and he makes Justin Roberts uh, do this introduction. So he has to say undefeated, the undefeated, undisputed, and uncrowned AEW champion of all elite wrestling, uh, MJF. And uh, afterwards, MJF teases either joining or possibly creating a faction because everybody else is doing it these days. Um, <laughs> so there is that. Uh, I I actually made a little note here. I had to joke to myself because um, I thought MJF was kind of stealing the gimmick of Briar Wellington here. Um, he's been calling uh, Richie himself... Richie Boy. Yeah, Richie Boy. He's been calling himself undisputed, undefeated, undeniable lately. And I'm like, oh, three U's. That's ah, what Briar's doing lately. <laughs> three U's. One thing that you did miss on by skipping over was perhaps maybe one of the greatest video packages ever hyping a match ever. Mm. Uh, they did a hype match for the main event tonight, the uh, street ah, fight. Ah, yeah. 
and it had this amazing, dramatic, soulful music to it. It made it seem like such a bigger deal than it was. <laughs> I watched it and was like simultaneously like, I can't wait for this match, but laughing on the inside too. It was just so well done. Go out of your way to find it if you can, just because it's like every big WWE package you've ever seen, but for best friends versus LAX. <laughs> I mean, it, the crazy thing is though, ironically, by the time the night was done, I mean, the match lived up to the hype, I think. It did. Uh, well, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about that match. Uh, we get a video of Taz breaking down the technique of Ricky Stark's moves. I always love these things. Uh, yes. And uh, this was this was no exception. Uh, Eddie Kingston and pals are out. Um, this is like the weirdest group. Like yes. Eddie Kingston with the Lucha Brothers. Yes, I get it. But adding Butcher and Blade is weird. Especially like Butcher and Blades, like out of wrestling look is especially weird. <laughs> uh, anyway, Eddie says that they aren't a faction. They're a family and they're a family of violence. And uh, he he orders them to go grab some dorks from ringside. They beat them up. Eddie says now that they're all ready, uh, he says there's only one thing left to do. That that is Blade needs to get his house in order. This is, I guess, presumably to finally make some sense uh, about this whole weird bunny QT Marshall thing, like mm -hmm. why she left the tag team and why she's hanging out with QT Marshall. And there was no explanation ever given. Uh, hopefully this is that this is weird. I thought this was their, weird. Their whole faction is kind of weird because it's like they lose every week. And then Eddie goes out there and gives them like a big motivational speech. It's kind of like me trying to lose weight. Like I build myself up every <laughs> week, but I still can't do it, you know, uh, but, but he's a hell of a talker. At least it's entertaining. You know? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, okay. Next we get private party against Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Uh, it is surprisingly private party in charge for a large chunk of the early going, but they get cut off before a break. Uh, Cassidy, Isaiah Cassidy gets worked over for a long time but eventually hits the silly string on Jake Hager. This allows the hot tag to Mark Quinn, who runs wild, and Isaiah Cassidy, he runs wild as well. <clears throat> and uh, he goes for the Swanton Bomb on Jericho and misses. Then Jericho hits the Judas Effect on Isaiah Cassidy and gets the pin and post-match puts Isaiah Cassidy in the walls of Jericho, but Mark Quinn uh, lays out Jericho, which maybe this will lead to a Mark Quinn-Jericho singles match next week mm -hmm. but uh i thought this was a good tag team match what about you i did too i it, <laughs> it's weird to me because like i think this was maybe the least exciting thing of the show but it was still really good like this was an exceptional week for dynamite and this was the only match of the of the night where i can think that my attention wasn't fully there mm -hmm. but by no means was it bad it was tons of great action it, for me it was a solid three stars but just, I think there was so much, so many other things that overshadowed it that I kind of tend to think mm -hmm. of it in a lower light than everything else I saw on the show. Yeah, I agree. I thought uh, this landed for at three stars for me as well. Good match. Um, continued, uh, continued improvement from Private Party. They get better every time I see them. And uh, Hager was like fine in this match, and Jericho is uh, pretty damn good. So. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed uh, a, a moving another win in the win column for Jericho and Hager. So that's good stuff. Uh, what do we have next? Then we get uh, 
the uh, we get a six man announced for next week: Lance Archer and two people versus uh, John Moxley and two people. And uh, they also announced, of course, the title match between Moxley and Archer for the anniversary edition of Dynamite. Uh, then we get Eva Lee challenging Thunder Rosa for the NWA Women's Championship. Oh yeah. So I feel like we're going to have a different opinion on this match. Um, oh really? Yes, I thought that this match was okay, but to me, watching it, it felt it, it went long, and it was and they had good back and forth, but a lot of the time watching it. I was seeing like all sorts of like timing and execution stuff uh, where they were. It's not like they screwed up things exactly, but think some things didn't look super crisp. Some things looked like I'm waiting for you to catch my arm to do this turn. Like they weren't quite moving super fluidly and it felt a little disjointed to me. And it sort of kind of kept that going throughout the whole match for me. I don't know why that hit me so much in the face with this match, but uh, I thought this match was okay. But I know I am alone on this because I've seen the grapple score and it's higher than my score. So I know I'm alone on that. But what did you think of uh, Thunder Rosa and Ivelisse? So I like this match a lot. And I think a big part of it is, is that we've been getting fed a lot of to be fair, kind of trash women's matches lately where not much mm -hmm. happens in them yeah. that maybe seeing something so good. Like one of my favorite parts of all out was Thunder Rosa and Sheeta's match. I mm -hmm. thought that match was exceptional. And I think that Eva Lee and Thunder Rosa did an excellent job on this evening. I do have one pet peeve. One thing that bothered me throughout the match and I kept noticing it okay. was that Eva Lee kept messing with her hair. Like it get in, like it gets in your face oh, stuff. And I get yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. There'd be like a moment where she'd get hit with something and she was supposed to be selling, but she's like trying to fix her hair. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, I can't do uh, that. No, it, it was too noticeable. Like, you got to be a little bit more sly about it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, overall, I thought they had some good chemistry. I thought they had a good match. Like, in hard-hitting, explosive moves, just fun stuff for me like i was totally enthralled watching it except for that minor bit that took me out of it um i ended up giving it uh three and a quarter star i liked it a lot yeah okay i went uh I, like i said i thought it was okay i went two and a half mm -hmm. and grapple 3.35 mm, so okay. they agree with you sir i was in the minority camp on that one i guess uh which is fine yeah. each their own everybody uh, Lance Archer comes out, kills a geek. Ooh. Before we get into that, I do think they were teasing a potential rematch between Thunder Rose and Sheeta, maybe for the NWA women's title at the uh, end of the Oh, so yeah, we missed this. At the end, uh, I, I did not note that Thunder Rosa hits Ivelisse with a tombstone and, uh, and got the win to retain the title. And after the match, Diamante attacked Thunder Rosa and Sheeta made the save. And I immediately thought, well, we're going to do a tag team match then. And they do announce that later, so... Oh, for um, sure. But she picks up that women's title and she looks at it mm -hmm. for a second. Oh, yeah. I think, they, so, I think they'll definitely do an NWA women's title match. Um, for sure. Where Thunder Rosa thought, will probably beat her, and then you'll have both champions will have defended their title successfully against the other person. And I think they both come out looking good on the other side yeah. of it. So, Absolutely. Uh, so Lance Ar Archer comes out, kills a geek, of course. Jake Roberts comes out and quotes uh, Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here for some reason. 
<laughs> says that they need tag team partners that sometimes you need to sometimes you got to get in the bed with the devil and there's no better devil than the Tasmanian devil and calls <laughs> out Taz which Taz has not gone by that name since uh whatever what didn't he go by the Tasmanian devil in like 1993 or 4 Something like 93 like to 95, he was the Tasmaniac. The Tasmaniac, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so he calls him out. Taz comes out and says that his boys will team with Archer. So the, the, the tag team for next week is Lance Archer, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage. And uh, Taz says part of the deal here is that by, by allowing him his men's services, when Archer beats Moxley to win the championship, Brian Cage gets the first shot. Uh, then John Moxley comes out, but he is jumped by Team Taz in the stands, but is saved by Big William Hobbs, who was an AEW dark jobber guy who won a few matches. And then I guess they like him and they signed him and put him in the Casino Battle Royal where they let him shine. Uh, I have not seen too much of him, but John Moxley put him over pretty big and uh, he's going to be one of his partners. And Mox uh, calls for Darby Allen to be his other partner. So that looks to be our six man for next week. Uh, what did you make of all this? So I kind of had the thought that there's been a lot of talk this week about teams mm-hmm. and needing to get and be a part of a faction and things like that. And obviously this segment was just a lead to a six man tag. And I thought it was kind of silly at first uh, that they were mentioning, you got to have a tag team. Sometimes I'm like, well, why Jake, why do you got to have that? Yeah. Um, but my thought is that if they're building up all these groups and teams, there's gotta be a six man title coming down the lane eventually or something like Possibly. that. Cause I feel like there was like a bit of emphasis put on it. And no mention of any sort of championship or anything, or maybe a tournament or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking too much or creatively booking my own idea here. But yeah. I just felt like there was too much emphasis on the teams this week to mm-hmm. not, you know, be at least a little bit curious by that idea. I feel like we missed. Oh, you know what? Another thing we missed. We forgot to talk about. Uh, Miroslav Barnyashev debuted for AEW, uh, <laughs> aka the best man Miro. Who has he's not just of, his best man. He's the best man. <laughs> he's the best man. Uh, apparently, he claims to be the best gamer on Twitch, which I <laughs> think is not true. Uh, he has some sort of Eminem haircut going on right now. I don't know what he was thinking there. Uh, and he did famously last week come out wearing like two thousand dollars of like the ugliest looking clothes I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, he spent two thousand dollars on an outfit that he could have bought an exact duplicate of for, I would say, maybe $15. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, who's to say? Um, I think he had a segment segment with Kip Sabian here, but I don't. I did not cover it. Yeah, they did. Um, it, where basically they were just talking about putting together the bachelor party or whatever. Uh, yes, it wasn't yes. anything of note, really. Miro wants to fight. He wants a match, but he hasn't had one yet. I know. It's... I was underwhelmed just by the way he looked. I'm like, he looked like he just showed up in his clothes that he wore on the airplane. And yeah. he looked like Stan from the Slim Shady music yes, video. Yes. He really does. Uh, so like, next. 
Uh, next week, they announced, uh, on top of our six-man, they announced uh, Diamante and Ivelisse against Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. And how about this shit? Brody Lee defending the TNT Championship against Orange Cassidy. Ooh. That's going to be fun. That's going to be huge. <laughs> uh, and then our main event, Santana and Ortiz versus the best friends in a parking lot brawl. And they are surround. They are in the parking lot, surrounded by vehicles, and this very match- reminiscent of Eddie Guerrero and John Cena. Yes, <laughs> this match was freaking wild. Uh, <laughs> I the first thing I wrote here is two minutes in, and it's brutal already. Yeah, they are smushing Ortiz under the hood of a car. Like at first, they were just like sandwiching him, like he was laying on the engine block, and they were just slamming the hood down on top of him. But then Chuck Taylor gets up and does like a swanton bomb off of the roof of the car onto the onto <laughs> the hood. And then freaking Trent does a back senton, which looked even more brutal. Nope. Already I'm like, holy crap. Uh, brutality continues as both of Santana and Ortiz are bleeding. Uh, Santana from the head, Ortiz from his elbow. Best friends are in charge for quite a while, but eventually get cut off when Ortiz powerbombs Trent on the roof of the car, and then Santana and Ortiz pick up Trent and powerbomb him through the windshield of that same car. Uh, that looked brutal. Like, Trent's back is all cut up. Mm-hmm. Just blood everywhere. Chuck Taylor got backdropped onto some garbage cans that were laying on the ground, and... It looks like all is lost when a trunk opens and Orange Cassidy apparently was in a trunk the whole match and appears only then to provide Santana with the orange punch with a chain wrapped around his fist. Chuck Taylor gives Santana a pile driver on top of a car and Trent gives Ortiz a crunchy through a board on a like the flatbed of a truck. Uh, for the win, for the best friends. And uh, before we talk about the post-match, because that may have been even better than the match, uh, what did you think of the, the parking lot brawl first? It was a thing of beauty. It Chef- was great. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the part before Orange Cassidy comes out, where I forget if it's Santana or Ortiz. It's a Santana, um, I think. He's bleeding from the head. He's yep. got the dead president's face paint on. He looks ghastly, scary as hell. Mm-hmm. That was so cool looking. Um, the crunchy through the pl- through the plywood or whatever. That yep. was amazing. Wow. <laughs> the windshield power bomb was pretty great. Dude, it was not what I was expecting. It it went way beyond the expectations that I had. Just yep. oh my god, going through that barricade was insane. Yep. Just the, sling, like the slingshot to the 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 gate of the flatbed, like that was Ooh. even that was crazy. Like everything sounded so gross. Uh, they were breaking like these boards over each other. Like that sounded gross. Like everything. Uh, this was just awesome. I love this. It match. was. I I loved it too. And it it could have been like a. A match that just get, you know, it could have been a one-off match that was no big deal. It could have been forgotten easily. This is going to be something that people remember. Like, mm-hmm. this could have been on a pay-per-view. It was that good. Yes, um, I agree. It it lived up to its main event slot and then some. Um, 
I will say that before we mention the ending, it did factor into my score big time. But I ended up saying that, you know, this this wasn't quite your traditional wrestling match, but it was the best part of the show. Mm -hmm. And I ended up giving it four and a half stars. I loved it. Yeah, I'm I didn't quite go that high, but I gave this match four stars. I thought this was awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. I said I meant to say four and a quarter. I didn't mean to say. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, then we're (laughs) even closer. That's good. Uh, I give it four stars. Grapple gave it 4.21. Just awesome. The end of the match. So this whole thing began when Santana and Ortiz defiled Trent's mom Sue's minivan. And now she's got like a new minivan or something. And she pulled or they, you know, they took it to the the auto shop or something and they fixed it. I don't know. Uh, But she rolls up. And Orange Cassidy and the best friends get in Sue's minivan and they're about to roll off, but then the vehicle stops and Sue's arm drops out. And I thought she was going to do like the Orange Cassidy thumbs up, like the semi thumbs up. But instead, she flips off Santana and Ortiz and drives away with her middle finger up and Excalibur and Tony Schiavone are laughing their asses off. Like, like not fake scripted. Like this is, and and laugh when she gives her the, gives them the finger. They don't, they did not see this coming. I'm pretty sure. And they laughed. Schiavone harder than Excalibur. Like Schiavone was losing his mind. And Jim Ross was trying to be the professional of the bunch, trying to sign the show off. Cause there were like five seconds left. Uh, but that is how the show ended. Uh, if I'm not a person to grade anything that happens after the bell, but if I were, uh, this would have brought it to four and a half stars at least. Uh, a tremendous, a perfect ending uh, that also made me laugh out loud. So that was great. Loved it. What a, what a great storyline and what a great, great way to wrap it up. Like mm-hmm. the, the video I told you about earlier worked in those sound bites where they're like, he's like, you're going to pay for doing this to my mom's car. And the, like the whole part where he's like, Oh, we, the only bad thing about it was your mom wasn't in the car when we did it. Like, yes, made such a silly storyline, but they put so much into it that it was believable and fun and just uh, loved it. Kudos, man. Give, give best friends the tag team titles. Just do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I loved it. Uh, so a great episode of Dynamite. Uh, yes. Thoroughly loved A good comeback episode for us, for sure. Um, okay, so that's a wrap uh, for this week's episode. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe. That way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring Mr. Brody Lee defending the TNT Championship against Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy.